morning. You guys look beautiful in your sweaters. would like to introduce you to SpongeBob Small Sweater. Because <laughs> the tradition continues that it's impossible for me to own this year's ugly sweater before the night before we present our ugly sweaters. So, and it is slim pickings out there. So, what makes it a little bit easier, though, is when you now have a 16-year-old daughter and you can say, you're going to go find me an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> so, oh, man, uh, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, hey, let me throw something at you just real fast. Um, a couple things. I know they'll talk about this then, too. But uh, just as a reminder, just in case you are one of those people that leaves early at the end and misses all the stuff going on in the church's life, um, we... Uh, this coming weekend, next weekend, no no Sunday service. On Christmas Day, we want you to be with your families. Uh, if you don't have a family, let us know. You can come be with ours. Um, but um, the night before Christmas Eve, we'll be having our Christmas Eve service at 7 o'clock. And I have something new to add that is not on anything information-wise anywhere uh, that's kind of more of just a need that's kind of popped up. One of the one of the fellows in our church does uh, a, a decent amount of ministry to uh, some homeless folks in Nashville. And when I say he's doing this, I mean like he's just like boots on the ground himself going out and loving on these people and caring for these people. Uh, and he brought to me a list of things that if you happen to have anything that is, uh, you know, nice and laying around that you don't use or you want to pick something up, that's fine too. Uh, it's a very short list. Warm socks, gloves, winter coats. He says not new. So if you've got, you know, if you've got a nice used one, uh, and stocking caps, warm socks, gloves, winter coats, stocking caps. Uh, and basically he's, he's just saying if we could bring those things to the New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Eve, to the Christmas Eve service. He will, he will get them uh, Saturday night from the Christmas Eve service and then take them and distribute them out amongst the folks. So uh, just throwing that out there, we'll try to put some more information out about that this week. Uh, but there, there you go, you've got that now too. So uh, yeah, uh, it's good to, good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, we've, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, this, uh, this series uh, loves pure light, and uh, uh, today we're continuing in that, and we will continue in that uh, on Christmas Eve as well, and I hope that you can make it. Uh, our Christmas Eve service is pretty awesome if you haven't uh, ever been to one. I'll go ahead and throw this out there too, uh, just as a reminder, the next weekend, New Year's Day, we won't have morning services. We'll be having one five o'clock service that day. Uh, it's kind of like a prayer service to usher in the, the new year, and then we're going to be uh, roasting hot dogs and marshmallows and some of that kind of stuff after the service for you to be able to hang out and uh, fellowship and whatnot. So, um, you know, come come hang out for that as well. So, two weeks of weird service stuff. So, nobody's going to be here on Sunday mornings of either of those the next two weeks, so just, just be aware of that. So, anyway... Well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to uh, the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 2. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Just throw your hand up. Let them know that you need it. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. Uh, if you want one to give to somebody for Christmas, take it. Go, go, go with it and, uh, and take it with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going today. 
<clears throat> and uh, you know, last week we talked about uh, the darkness coming out of the darkness. We talked about uh, you know how our belief in Jesus, you know, what Jesus Himself. Uh, brings us out of the darkness and into the light. And, uh, you know, we talked about that a good bit and talked about even how we as believers sometimes struggle with being in the darkness. Had a lot of you talk to me about that. I appreciate the feedback and uh, all those things. But um, uh, we, uh, today, we're going to talk, uh, continue talking about, uh, you know, this love's pure light uh, and where we see that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think about when I think about you know, the darkness is uh, stumbling in the darkness. Uh, I don't know about your house, but my house in the dark most of the time is like a minefield to walk through. And uh, uh, it is uh, not, all, not all the time. Uh, and and we, we try, we try, but we, we, have, we have little ones that uh, are always working against us. Um, and, and how they work against us usually is in the form of like the random Hot Wheels car uh, or, um, you know, the, the, other, the other thing that, that, that I think probably the worst of the things that we have are like the, the random like dog bone treat things that are, you know, great on the bottom of your bare feet. Uh, if you step on one of those things in the dark, um, you know, of course, you've got the typical, you know, stuff, books, chair legs, grocery bags with groceries in them, I mean, you, you name it. You know, it just, just depends on the day and the time or whatever. But uh, uh, if, if, you're, if you're looking for uh, a chance to stump your, to stump your toe, then uh, you come to my house and walk around in the dark. Um, you know, the, the darkness is, is one of those things, it's, it's hard for us to see in it. And, uh, uh, you know, today I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about light and talk about that light and what it does in us uh, and for us. This, uh, this passage that we're studying this morning, Matthew chapter 1, uh, Matthew chapter 2, <clears throat> is this passage that we know of that is the wise men. You know, we love the wise men. You know, we, got, we have like in our heads like who these guys look like based upon paintings and, you know, all these things, I think we kind of like multiply them out. You know, there must be three because there's three gifts. Let's just have three. The truth is, is this is probably like an entourage of people. You know, it's like, you know, there's, you know, the wise men and they're so wise that like they got people doing their stuff for them, you know, and, you know, helping them along the way. So it's not just a few guys, you know, and, and this is, you know, probably... Honestly, you know, this is a, you know, it kind of hurts to hear sometimes things like this, but quite honestly, probably at this point, you know, a long time after Jesus has been born, you know, maybe even a year or two after Jesus has been born, we don't really know. Uh, but either way, we have this, we have this picture and this understanding of why they've come and what is happening, but, but I want us to look at how they got there, okay? Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in, these, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. 
they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced, ex rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So we have this, we have this amazing story of God leading these men to Jesus. Now, this is, the, I mean, that's the story of all time, is that God is leading us. We'll talk about that in just a minute, uh, you know, in this, but... You know, in, in this story, part of what we see is we see King Herod uh, nervous as a, you know, a cat in a room full of rocking chairs because, you know, baby Jesus has been born and this is this prophecy being fulfilled that this new king is going to come. And he's scared to death because everybody's thinking that this whole prophecy, if now is the time, it must mean that this is going to be the king to take over from Herod. This is Herod the Great, by the way, historically, this is not a nursery rhyme, okay? And so, uh, you know, this is, this is this moment in time where, and he freaks out, and we'll see him, you can continue reading in the passage if you want to later on, but you'll see that he continues to freak out in such a way that he starts ordering babies to be killed, because he is so upset and so nervous that this child that is being born is going to come and undo his kingdom and take over his kingship. So King Herod is on the hunt and he hears word of what's going on. And so he's, you know, trying to get to these guys that he has heard is going to see Jesus and knows how to get to him and he's got all of his people brought together and trying to figure out where exactly is Jesus you know interestingly enough Herod never himself just like goes hunting himself for baby Jesus you know he he's he's just he's just trying to get people to do the work for him and what we see is we see in verse 2 it says saying where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This is, this is the wise men. And, uh, you know, they, they see something in the sky to lead them to Jesus. A star. This star. And what do they say? It says, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, I remember many years ago, my family were out, and uh, we, uh, we saw these lights. You know the, the big lights 
that kind of do this, you know, talking about like at Holly, you know, talking about like Hollywood premiere type lights or whatever, you know, and we were downtown Nashville, we were eating out with our family or something, we saw these lights, and, uh, and the lights are, you know, they're going all over the place, you know, but we're like, you know, what, wonder where, wonder where those lights are, and, you know, we were just like, you know, hey, you know what, let's, let's find out where the lights are coming from, right? Let's, this will be, this will be a great thing for us to do. And so we just start snaking through Nashville and, you know, I know the city pretty well and, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're going on through and, you know, it becomes evidence. Like, I think this thing's on White Bridge Road, like White Bridge Road. That's interesting, you know? So we, you know, we just keep going and doing the thing or whatever. And I was like, you know, they must be having a party at Target or something, you know, right? That's what my wife is hoping for. <clears throat> and, and so we, we're moving on down the road. It's actually very close in that vicinity. And then we finally, like, we come in. The, kid, the kids are like, you know, they're like plastered to the windows. They, they're like, you know, what are we going to find? You know, we're going to find something awesome, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And we get there, and like as we're driving up on these lights, I'm like, oh, great. They're at like a, an, an adult store, you know. <laughs> And the kid, the kid, the kids are like, "Oh, daddy, what is, what is, what, what are they doing?" And it's like, "I, I don't know. They just, just showing off some lights, you know. We got to see them. All right, we're headed home. Here we go to Briley Parkway. Your mama's got to get home. So, you know, it's." It's funny, you know, like the light in the dark. I mean, I got to think about like that. You know, it's like, you know, and and we were in like some other part of the city and we could see those lights. And, uh, you know, I think about like what it must have been like for these guys to be seeing this star and knowing that this star was going to lead them to something special, you know, And, and just how amazing it was that they, they recognized that, but also that that star was leading them of where to worship. And folks, that's, that's what the light does for us, is it leads us to where to worship. Now, you know, I, we, we get caught up with our worship. We've talked about idol worship, and we, you know, we did the series Idol Factory and all that stuff a while back. You know, we, we can get so caught up in worshiping so many other things in this world. But the truth is, is what God has given us through Jesus and his light is this like opportunity for us to worship. And he is, he is leading us to him, to worship him. The gospel, the gospel, when we hear the truth about Jesus and we see his pure light, we recognize that we have been given the greatest gift of all time. And we see our need. We see our need for a savior. We see our need for Jesus. And we see his grace. And it drives us to worship him. You ever had somebody do something like extremely nice for you? One of my favorite things here lately has been watching the videos on YouTube of like the the families that like go and this is a total car guy thing, by the way, but like the families that like go find like the car that belonged to their dad, like 
a million years ago, and they hunt that car down, and they come back, and they present it to the dad, and of course, the dad's, you, like, it's, 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 it's almost like this same exact response with every one of the, and it's, of course, something about watching a man on video go through this publicly, you know, in these moments, but it's like there's shock and awe, and then just complete meltdown, you know, it's like, you know, I can't believe you did this for me kind of thing. You know, and, and I think for us to recognize that what God has done for us, we didn't deserve, and it brings us to the place of worship that he wants us to be so that we can experience him. The, the, the passage goes on. In fact, if you jump down to verse 7, it says, then, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. You know, so he's like, you know, he's want, he's wanting to know. He, I, I'll tell you what he's trying to figure out. He's like, I want to know when this baby was born, like down to the date, because I want to figure out like at what point, you know, should I be worried about how old this child becomes in case I don't catch him in time, you know, as to when I need to be worried about my throne being gone. Okay, that's that's what he's thinking. And so, you know, the wise men, you know, have you know, figured out kind of what's going on. And now Herod is, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out, you know, well, tell me exactly when this happened. You know, the, the, the star coming, you know, the light, the pure light. And I think about this with Herod. I think, you know, here's a guy that's so powerful. He's just like, you know, sending people to do his bidding, kind of like what I did with Gracie to go get my sweater. Uh, you know, but in a much more kingly way, like literally he couldn't be so bothered as to go and look for himself. He's just, he's just wanting, he's just wanting to get information from everybody else and he wants them to do the legwork. Love's pure light is something that we have to experience for ourselves. It's not something that we can experience through somebody else. We're not saved based upon somebody else's relationship with God, okay? Like, we need our own relationship with God, okay? Like, glad, glad if your daddy was a pastor, your granddaddy was a pastor, or your mama was, you know, just, you know, Mother Teresa or, you know, whatever, you know? I, I'm glad. But at the, at the end of the day, at some point, this has to be real for each one of us in what comes down to a real relationship with God. Like knowing him, trusting in him, growing in him, getting to know him more. And as we get to know him more, he changes us. He molds us. You can know all you want, but until you experience and know God, you have no idea. And, I, and, and here's, what I'm, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that many people assume God is who he is by those that follow him. And, and, and that's, just a, that's just a question of like, you know, just kind of a, a heart check on ourselves is what would people in our lives believe about God based upon knowing us? Who would people think God is based upon knowing you, and if maybe you're one of the only people in their life that they know of as a Christian, who would they say God is? I think that's a, I think that's a good question for us to ask. 
furthermore, if you're dating the idea of believing in God, I want you to know that we're a bunch of sinners. We're a bunch of sinners, and we're not perfect. But the truth is, is that we are called to be light. And we're called to believe and trust in him. And not and, and please, if you're, if you're dating the idea of believing in the Lord, don't, don't believe and trust in us. Don't believe and trust in people. Believe and trust in Jesus. In verse 9, it goes on here. It says, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Okay? Now, here's, here's I, think, I think, an awesome, awesome passage, you know, that, that is this reminder of something that God is doing. In fact, I want to share other scripture with you for just a second. One of those is Isaiah 45, verse 2, and it says this, in Isaiah 45, 2. It says, I will go before you, and level the exalted places, I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. Maybe a search that's something that you just need to do for yourself is to go and, and look up places in Scripture where we see God going before us. God goes before us. It's not just us. In those moments in life when God is calling us into these crazy situations, it is good. It's good for me. It's good for us to be reminded that when we're going into those things, that God is going before us to do work. I can't tell you how many times I have prayed, God, as I, I know you're leading me to do this. I know you're leading me to talk to this person. I know you're calling me to do this in this moment. Lord, please speak to their hearts. Cultivate their hearts. Work on their hearts that they may be receptive to the things of your kingdom, of the gospel, of Jesus. I, I, can't, I can't cultivate somebody's heart. I can't change somebody's heart. Only God can do that. But I can pray and I can ask God because this is part of how he works. I can say, God, go before me and you do that and you get them ready and then I'm going to just give them your truth, hopefully in a loving way. And God, I pray that you would use that, that they might know you, that they might trust you, that you might draw them to you. I will go before you, Isaiah 45 two says, I will go before you. You see, God goes before us. He leads us. He guides us. You know, what did it say there in the passage? It said, and behold, the star that they had seen, went, when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. I love, I love that. It went before them. The star went before them. We get freaked out. We get freaked out when God calls us to do something. We get in our heads and we're like, oh, I can't do that. There's no way I could do that. I can't, die, you know. And it's, and it's like we just forget that the God of all creation who has power over all things is asking us not to do something on our own, but to be a part of something that he is already doing. 
where he is going before us. And he is working ahead of us. What an awesome thought. And that's what he's doing here, literally to the point that the star is going before them. You know, and, and you know, I've read speculation on diff- what different people think the star could have been. Was it really a star? Could have been really a star. Could have, you know, some people were like, well, it might have been an angel that was, you know, moving through the sky. You know, we don't really know. It's okay to not know. It's just fun to kind of think about the fact that we don't really know how God did that. But this was, this was a moving target. This led them. It took them to Jesus. And furthermore, as we think about the star going before them, I think about this passage too, very simple passage for us today, Psalm 119, 105. And he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you ever find yourself saying the statement, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to know what to do. I'm going to encourage you to do two things, maybe three. Pray. Seek the Lord. Okay. And then seek His Word. Seek God's Word. Because it is what lights our path to know what to do in this life. If you want a third thing, confide in people that you know love Jesus and love you. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He guides us with his word. It is the light to our path. The light to our path. Verse 10 It goes on, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They they were excited. Why why were they excited? Was it because of the long trip? No. No. They were excited that they were about to get to worship something special. Here's, here's the interesting thing about the wise men. The wise men, uh, you know, were likely pagan astronomers, okay? Astrologers, I'm sorry. Likely pagan astrologers. And, and I'm reminded, you know, that this is, this, is how, what, this is how God works. Like he draws us to him in moments of life oftentimes through his light, through what? Other people. And how he uses other people in our lives, that we see something special in them. And we say to ourselves, you know, they've got something. These guys knew that there was something more. They knew that there was something more. And I, and I think about like them as just people, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, on this night, they get, they get to go and meet with the creator of the world now as a child, okay, who has come 
and they obviously know that there's something extremely amazing, do they really fully understand what's going on? I don't think they probably do. Now, did God reveal himself in that moment when they met with Jesus? I'd say that's very possible. You know, that they may have had some epiphanies, you know, in that moment where God revealed himself to them. We don't know because we don't have testimony to that, but I'd say that there's a pretty good chance of it. But I'm thinking about like these, these guys and, and all the people that were with them. Like again, this is probably like a whole entourage of people. And I'm thinking that all these people have, you know, made this journey and we don't know that they're necessarily, don't have any reason to necessarily believe that they're like lovers of God, followers of God, you know, but in this moment, this has brought them, this star has brought them and led them as it has gone before them to lead them to obviously something very special in which they now are worshiping and we see that and they offer all these gifts and they give them all this stuff. I mean, I, you know, and who knows, did, I mean, did they, did they bring these gifts knowing that they were going to give it? We don't know that. We just know that they gave the gifts. I'm almost wondering, like, did they get there, meet Jesus in the flesh, even as a child, and be like, just give him everything we've got. Give him everything. What we got? What's the best stuff we got? Oh, we got some gold? Okay, let's, let's bring that out. We got some frankincense? We got some myrrh? Okay, cool. And all of a sudden, the Lord is providing some way for Joseph and Mary to make it with stuff that they would ordinarily not have, all right? And Joseph's like, maybe we should start a construction company, honey. I don't, I don't know. But I'm just thinking about these guys, and I'm thinking, like, for the rest of their lives, think about the story that they told to all their friends and to their grandkids about going and meeting this child, the creator of the universe. Did they fully understand? Probably not. But they understood something incredibly special was happening. And they worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him, verse 11, Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And so I'm like, you know, for me personally, I think about, you know, like all my life I've thought about like the wise men as like, you know, these like, I don't know, just like some, you know, very distinguished dudes. And, you know, they probably don't get their hands dirty a whole lot or whatever. But I mean, like basically, like here, now they're on the run from the king and they're basically like soldiers of fortune that have escaped to the Los Angeles underground or something, right? Come on. Yeah, you got it. They didn't get it. It's okay. It's okay. Go look up B.A. Baracus, okay? But seriously, we have them now on the run, <laughs> And that becomes part of their story. Well, we spent the rest of our life on the run from the king because we wouldn't go back and tell him where this child was. They're probably not going and meeting with the king anytime soon beyond that in their life for fear that he'd probably kill them. And when they saw the star, 
They rejoiced with great joy. They were excited. And they worshipped him. And I'm reminded that the greatest joy that we have in this life is to worship God. Think about that for just a minute. Think about all the things that bring you joy. I think about all the things that bring me great joy. And there's a lot of them. But the greatest joy that I have found in this life is when I get to spend time with the Lord and truly worship. I'm not talking about like faking it till you make it on Sunday morning at church. I'm talking about really worshiping the Lord. And that can be alone. That can be with other believers. It can be with 10 people. It can be with thousands of people worshiping together. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is it is amazing. And there is a joy that comes from the Lord when we are with him and he is speaking to us and he is giving us his peace where the rest of the world is okay. Right? Everything, all of our anxiety is okay. And it's true joy from his pure light. Light reveals what is true about our surroundings. Light reveals what is true about our surroundings. The trick is when we have to be shown the light that we stop living in the darkness. I want to read to you 1 John 5. It wasn't that long ago we walked through 1st, 2nd, 3rd John together. 1 John 5, uh, 1, 5 says this. It says, this is the message, message that we have heard and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we <clears throat> have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word, his word is not in us. The trick is... that we have to let the light be shown and stop living in the darkness. A couple things that I think we see there is if we're not in the light, we lie to ourselves. If we're not in the light, we lie to ourselves. And I talked for a little bit last week about that lying and what that lying leads to. It's usually very terrible things like depression, things like that. At least that's been true in my life but also that that light points us out of the darkness. And not only does it point us out of the darkness, but it points us to him and to each other. Did you see that in there? That if we say, verse 6, if we say we have 
fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is why Satan loves to attack the church. This is why he loves to attack the body of believers, the people, our relationships. He wants us to be at each other. And we're so wound up in those moments that we don't see it for what it is. And we're just like, oh, no, they're just being mean to me or they're just whatever, you know. And the truth is that he wants to divide us because he knows that when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with others. And he doesn't want us to walk in the light. He wants us to be in the darkness. He doesn't want us pushing each other toward Jesus. The light reveals what is true about our surroundings. And it shows us part of himself as he draws us near to him and we are humbled and convicted. He's done for us what he did for those astrologers, those wise men, that he drew near to him with a star He draws us near to him with his light, showing us little bits of himself, and we are humbled and we are convicted and we see our need for his grace and we realize that he is giving us a gift that we don't deserve. And although we didn't see that star, we have been shown that light. That light is our Savior. That light is is God's word. That light is Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever trusted in Jesus? Have you ever prayed, Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Show me the way. Be my Lord. Be my all. Take the wheel. If you'd like to talk about that or pray with somebody about that, I'll be out in the foyer in just a moment. The star went before them. And he has gone and is going before us too. Let's pray. God, how amazing you are and how you chose to come to us as a child that we could celebrate light of the world, into the darkness. Lord, to shine your light for us to see, for us to know you, to lead us back to you. God, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for saving us from our sin. Thank you, Lord, for saving us from ourselves. God, help us to be that light in the lives of others. Help us to be in the light, to walk in the light, and to be out of the darkness. Lord, for anyone that has never trusted in you, God, to be light in their lives, God, I pray that today you would show them their need for you, and God, that they would trust in you and believe. God, help us, guide us through your truth, through your word, to be the light to our path. Go before us in the things that you've called us to and lead us as we trust you. We ask all this in your son's precious name. Amen.